She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. We are back, you guys, for another amazing, exciting episode of The Autumn Miles Show. You guys, we are coming up on a year, one solid year of this new, fresh um, format, working with my friends over here. It has been such a blessing to do this podcast this year and to hear from you guys how much you like the format, how much you guys are enjoying it. We get questions. We get comments from you guys like 24-7. We love, love, love to hear from you. By the way, if you want to reach out to us and just chat or whatever it is that you want to do, you can reach out at hello at autumnmiles.com or DM me on any of my social. So here's the deal, guys. We are about to go into uh, just a a portion of the scripture that I love. We're going to talk about, are you experiencing a lull? A lull, L-U-L-L, in my production meeting. (laughs) Amanda, who runs through my outlines with me, she was like, I can't say the word lull. How are you going to say this 1500 times? I don't know. We're just going to do it. But anyway, I want to talk to you guys, to those of you that are experiencing a lull in progress. And I think it'll really encourage your hearts. We'll point you back straight towards the Lord, straight towards his goodness, straight towards his glory. I've been thinking a lot about the glory of God lately, straight towards his wisdom, which I think we we just need an arrow pointing there these days, right? So we're coming back from a very long summer, guys. I, a great summer. Let me, let me just say that a great summer. I'm kind of sad, like in the past, like real talk, I'm pro going back to school, right? Like I'm pro when my kids are like, uh, you know, schools like on Christmas break, you know, that song mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again. I'm one of those mom and dads. I just, I love my kids going to school. I love the school year. I love what they're involved in in the school. I love having a little time for myself to breathe. Um, in the springtime, I was talking to Eddie and I just said, you, we're going to make the most of the summer. Like we are going to just do it. We're going to do the thing. We're going to do the travel. We're going to do it. And we have, we have traveled everywhere. I think I talked a little bit about this in my monologue last week, but I, I wanted to talk about it again this week. We had an option a couple of weeks ago to um, go home and see family or to go to another destination. And the other destination didn't work out. And I'm not going to lie, driving to my parents' house, it's literally like I go to like, I don't know, I have to cross the sea to go to England. I mean, it, it just feels like the longest trip of all time to get in the car and to drive. And my husband with six of us, he's, he's a, he loves to drive. I'm like, let's fly. He's like, no, we're going to drive. It feels like a long trip. And I literally took a whole day thinking, are, do we drive to my parents? Do we not? Because it's such a long trip. We are going to stop at 753 rest areas on the way there, not to mention we're going to eat, 
there's gonna I can hear like the bickering going on in the back seat. Like as I sat and pondered the trip, I know we we're like pros at road trips. I can like imagine the car with chips all over it and like smashed banana on the floor. And it was just not really feeling very appealing to me. But my brother and my sister-in-law live four hours from my parents. So we would get in the car and go to my parents. And then it's a four-hour drive from my parents to my brother and sister-in-law's. And that was really appealing because my sister-in-law is about to have my nephew, my third little nephew. I have, it'll be my second nephew. And then I have a niece and we really wanted to go visit them. I'm telling you what, it took me a solid 24 hours to decide, should we do it or not? Because of the cost of the trip. And I don't mean cost and money. Like, you know, you can make a road trip and you know, you can do your thing for cheap. Like road trips aren't like crazy expensive. Most people can do them like whatever. I'm talking about the cost in my patience, <laughs> the cost in, you know, the exhaustion of going there. It just, those 24 hours that I pondered it, it just seemed to cost a lot. Me being the mom, I'm like hyper, like organized. Like I text my kids a list of what they need to pack. And then of course I have to check through them. Now the babies don't pack their own. Moses and Haven. Oh my gosh. Haven would pack fruit snacks and apple juice. And that would be what she would want in her suitcase for the whole week. That's just not going to fly. So we packed babies, but there's just so many different things when you have a family of six. Anyway, my point, it was Sunday morning. I called my mom. My dad's a pastor, so he was preaching. So she literally got up out of the service and took my phone call because she thought one of us was in trouble. She's like, what's going on? And I said, mom, surprise, we're all coming to your house tomorrow. And we did get in the car and we made the trip. And it was crazy. Like we drove all the way there, of course, and got to spend some time. Listen, my parents live in Indiana, so it's country. It is country in Indiana. And I'm, you know, I grew up in the country, but I am a city girl. But we got to fish and we got to do all these like outdoor trails and my kids loved it. And like, I just, I, I just feel so present lately because of just the events of the last couple of years that have taken place in our world. I've, I'm determined to be present and we spent a couple of days there and then we go and we see my brother and my sister and we, I mean, I just, it's almost like I screenshotted scenes in my mind where Moses is cackling with Isaiah, who's also six, which is my nephew, and they haven't seen each other forever. And for the first whole day that we were with my brother and my sister-in-law, they were hugging and they held hands while they walked. And it was like heaven on earth. And I thought to myself, I almost talked myself out of this. And it really, it really hit me that sometimes what something costs us in impatience and frustration and just time, the worth of the thing we're pondering is more than the cost. And I did a, a post on this on my Instagram, but I think we sometimes, especially in today's day and age, we need to look at how much something is worth to us. My kids will never forget spending those few days with their cousins. One of them got three stitches. I will not tell you which one it is, but it was, we had a little ER visit and it was like a whole thing. But there was some precious memories made 
during our trip that Eddie and I would have forfeited if we would have focused on how much we thought it was going to cost us or frustrate us or whatever. And I guess I just want to encourage those of you today when you look at something and, and I'm talking about a trip, right? Like I'm talking like it's a trip. But I think sometimes when uh, we look at our, our lives and we think, wow, I could venture out and start my own business or I could venture out and start a ministry or start a blog or I mean, I don't even know what it is. We have the tendency to talk ourselves out of something because we think it's going to cost us too much and we're not weighing in how much eventually it's going to be worth to us. And how actually precious that thing will be when we step back and we kind of look at it. So my thing to you today is, yes, the Bible says count the cost. Like, I'm not trying to whatever. I'm just saying that some things are worth the cost. And some things are worth you being uncomfortable. And some things are worth the 15-hour drive (laughs) with four kids and smash bananas in the carpet. Some things are worth that. Make sure you're choosing wisely. Those are my opening thoughts. You can catch me right after this break with a talk about has there been a lull, a lull in your progress. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Does it seem like God is answering everyone's prayers but yours? Do you want to see results from your prayer life? Do you feel as if you are a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life? If so, Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer, is for you. Autumn Miles wrote Gangster Prayer because she herself experienced disappointment from years of praying with little results. Gangster Prayer will show you how to unlearn bad habits in prayer and build your prayer life on a foundation of faith and not doubt. Get your copy of Gangster Prayer today at autumnmiles.com or anywhere books are sold. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, hey guys, we are back with the Autumn Mile Show. Okay, so we're going to talk about a lull. Now, a lull is pretty self-explanatory. It's a lull. It's a wait. I love just this term lull, though, because I feel like it doesn't seem as final as wait. (laughs) It's not as harsh as wait. It's just a little lull. Like, there's just a little lull in progress. And I'm talking to those of you today that are experiencing some sort of a lull. Now, I'm going to say that word 562 times by the time the segment is over. But those of you that have been going hardcore towards something and all of a sudden you hit a plateau, you know, especially those of you that work out, okay, I do the elliptical five times a week. I don't do it to be in shape. (laughs) I wish that was my motivation. I do it because I have really, really bad back problems. And there's something about the elliptical. And I'm sure some scientist or some doctor or something that's listening could tell me exactly what it does. 
but it loosens up all the muscles in my neck and shoulders and it's actually very therapeutic to me, okay? But one of the benefits of doing elliptical five days a week is that there is sort of a process of shedding the fluffiness on your body, right? But then there comes a point where you got where you're going. You know what I mean? Like you got where you're going. There's a plateau of sort. Now, over the years, I've seen a plateau then become progress again. But a plateau is something that I think that a lot of us can identify with. And, and you know, where I just use the example of working out, but also there are plateaus. There are lulls in our progress that God writes in. And we hate them. They are so <laughs> aggravating and frustrating. But without them, we would never make it to our promised land. So if you are one of those people today, maybe you've been working hardcore on your marriage. I mean, I don't know. You know, marriages, Mike, our producer, is celebrating 30 years of marriage today, which is phenomenal. Okay, that is a marriage of longevity. And, you know, I've been married for 17 years, and I'm going to tell you, not every day do we feel like looking at each other and, you know, reading the Psalms together and brushing each other's hair. Like, that's just not reality. But there are marriages that have gone to really, really, really difficult places. And you go to counseling, if, if that is you, and you're working on things and you want to fix things. And then all of a sudden there is a lull in your progress. That lull, let me tell you, let me encourage you. Sometimes God is in that lull. I believe that God is in that lull for you. There are lulls in healing journeys. There are lulls in fertility journeys. There are lulls in ministry journeys. You name it, God builds lulls, a time period of stopping or plateauing in our life, and we hate them. Let me ask you this. I know you even hate what I'm saying right now, some of you, because you're like, I know, I know, there's a lull, and I'm feeling the lull, and I don't want to hear that it's good for me. But you should. Because let me ask you a question. If 400,000 men, we know there was a couple of million children of Israel, okay. If 400,000 men, plus the women, plus the children, plus the cows, plus the donkeys, plus the chickens, plus whatever, plus the tents or whatever. When Pharaoh said, let my people go, if they all together would have sprinted, run as fast as they can. We're watching the Olympics now, right? Okay. Or, or some of us are, if they would have sprinted like they do in the Olympics on the track and field portion of it, and they would not have stopped and they would have gone full speed ahead to Canaan, they would have never made it ever. They would have <laughs> keeled over. They would have passed out. They would have given up. They would have, they would have had to stop themselves. They would have forced their own lull. So when we're thinking about our lives, God is looking at our lives with the same wisdom that he wrote in to the nation of Israel's journey. 
we hate it. We don't like it. Maybe we're doing everything that we can to produce something or to we're working as hard as we can and we're doing all the tips and tricks that everyone's telling us to do with our business and we're cutting here and we're doing this and we just can't seem to make progress. Well, sometimes God is in that lull and there are reasons that you don't even know about that God is causing the lull to protect you, to sustain you, to make sure you reach your promised land. There is so much wisdom in that lull. And I want to just highlight a portion of scripture that talks directly about it, because I think, you know, throughout the whole, the last year and a half that, that our country has been through and our world has been through in our world, there are millions and millions of situations that lulled. There are millions and millions of marriages that plateaued. There are millions and millions of, of people that had progress that was stopped where they did not want it to stop. And yet it stopped. I want you to know that there is a God that is sovereign over your lull. And I want you to trust him through it. I want to go to numbers nine, just talk about how respectful Israel was of the lulls. Okay. Um, numbers nine fifteen says this now on the day that the tabernacle was erected, the cloud covered the tabernacle. Okay. Which meant God, spirit of God. The tent of the testimony, Numbers 9, 15. And in the evening, it was like the appearance of fire over the tabernacle until morning. So it was continuously. The cloud would cover it, the tabernacle, by day and the appearance of fire by night. Listen, whenever the cloud was lifted from over the tent, afterwards, the son of Israel would then set out in the place where the cloud settled down. Then the sons of Israel would camp. I'm going to read this whole passage to you, and then we're going to go back. At the command of the Lord, the sons of Israel would set out, and at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud settled over the tabernacle, they remained camped. As long as the cloud settled over the tabernacle, they remained camped. As long as it took, they remained camped. Even when the cloud lingered over the tabernacle for many days, the sons of Israel would keep the Lord's charge and would not set out, would not set out. If sometimes the cloud remained a few days over the tabernacle, according to the command of the Lord, they remained camped. Then according to the command of the Lord, they set out. If sometimes the cloud remained till evening, from evening until morning, when the cloud was lifted in the morning, they would move out. Or if it remained in the daytime and at night, whenever, whenever the cloud was lifted, they would set out. Whether it was two days or a month or dot, 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 a year. This is verse 22. That the cloud lingered over the tabernacle, staying above it. The sons of Israel remained camped and did not set out. But when it was lifted, they did. This sounds a little redundant, doesn't it? But I'm going to keep reading. At the command of the Lord, they camped. And at the command of the Lord, they set out. They kept the Lord's charge according to what? The command of the Lord. This passage has always encouraged me greatly. 
in seasons where I couldn't control the lull, right? Where there was a stop, there was a pause, there was a weight that was inflicted on me that I couldn't control. I know when I can't control it, God is is forcing me to stop, which has always been worked in my favor and been a very, very good thing. I love it when he steps in and does things. The children of Israel in this passage respected the spirit of God and the spirit of God's leadership so much that even though I'm sure at times they wanted to move forward to the promised land that they were promised years, hundreds of years before this event, they didn't. They wanted to move forward, I'm sure, and just get there already. We want to go. We want to get to where they're going. I'm so tired of this journey. I'm so tired of being on this road from Egypt to Canaan. When are we going to get there? I mean, this is like the the biggest example of are we there yet that I've ever seen in my life. When are we going to get there? But the children of Israel respected the timing of the Lord so much that they wouldn't dare move ahead of him. At the command of the Lord, they set out. At the command of the Lord, they remained. According to the command of the Lord, they obeyed. When the cloud lifted, they moved. Sometimes it was for one day. Could you imagine packing up your tent, your pots, your pans, your turkeys, your kids, your whatever, your wife, whatever, packing it all up and then walking like six hours and then camping again. And then you're camping in that spot for a year and then packing it up and then going like two days and camping. That's what they did. They moved completely at the Lord's pace. And it's so beautiful to me because children of Israel get a bad rap a lot. And you know, they do, they did a lot of really stupid stuff, but in this passage, they honor what we have forgotten to honor the timing, the precision of the Lord's timing. And when he says move, that's when you move. And when he says, wait, that's when you wait. And most of the time when he says move, you're not going to want to move because you're settled and you're good. And when he says, wait, you're ready to go. And that's the test of faith. When God stops us and asks us to take a lull or there is a lull or there is a plateau or whatever, a lot of times we get really, really frustrated. And I want to illuminate your mind to a couple of things. When there's a lull, there's a wait, there's whatever. God has opportunities during this time and the enemy has opportunities during this time in your mind. You can give into the Lord and you can say, okay, Lord, I don't understand this wait. I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand what you're doing. And you can accept the fact that you don't know why you're waiting, but you just trust the God that brought the weight to you. Or you can give your mind over to the, the direction of the enemy and it can literally drive you crazy. Satan will put things and thoughts in your heart and your mind like, why is God doing this to you? Can you believe that God would make you wait and you've waited all of these years for something? Now he's having you wait longer. Can you believe that God would do this? Can you believe that God isn't working? Isn't he God? Can't he do whatever he wants in the timing that he wants? You have an option when you have a lull in your progress. 
You can trust the Lord and say, God, I don't understand, but I, I trust you. Or you can give in to the temptation to doubt, disbelieve, complain like the Israelites did, get frustrated and give up on God. And I'm telling you what, Satan is going to maximize his opportunity during any lull more than you even know. He is cunning. He is crafty. He knows what to tell you that will make you give up your faith in 2.5 seconds. He knows you. He was there when you were created. He gets it. He knows he's been around a lot longer than you have, and he has studied humanity since the inception of it. So let me tell you something. If you're experiencing a lull in your progress and you feel overwhelmed by it and you're so frustrated by it and you're getting angry by it, those are all signs that you've probably listened to the enemy and what the enemy wants you to say. Or in this particular passage, you can do what the nation of Israel did. Trust the lull. You can trust it. You can trust that God has given you some plateau for some reason that you, maybe you'll never know. And that's one of the things that the Lord has been teaching me in the last couple of months is, Autumn, sometimes I'm not going to tell you why. You'll never be able to figure out, and sometimes I'm not going to tell you why. And that's the portion of faith where we grow. I'm never going to be able to sort this out in my mind. I'm never, my mind is never going to be able to make sense of it. I don't understand why you would lull in healing my friend, my kid, my husband. I don't understand, but I trust your wisdom. I may never know, but I trust you. You have an opportunity to choose right now your response to this. And I'm telling you what, it's crazy when we surrender those doubts and those frustrations and, and whatever it is that we're feeling, we, we get overcome with grace, peace. It's amazing what happens when we say, okay, Lord, I don't understand why, but I know you see why you see what you're doing. You see what you're protecting me from. And maybe even if I saw it, it would crush me. So I don't want to see it. I just want you to take care of it. So I'm okay with this lull in my progress. If Israel would have left Egypt and sprinted, they never would have made it there. Ever. Never. Could you imagine a one-year-old sprinting from Egypt to Canaan? <laughs> First of all, they don't even know what the word sprint means. Okay, so let's we could just start there. But the fact that the Lord stopped the whole camp and waited was proof that he wanted them to get there. He was more concerned about them making it to Canaan than how long it took. Sometimes we need the lulls, you guys, in our situation. I think about marriages that are have really gone through a lot. Um, and, you know, there seems to be this lull in progress. You know, there seems to be a lull in progress, but you don't know what God is telling your husband during this lull. You think there's a lull because you don't see the progress, but you don't know what God is telling your husband 
Husband, you don't know what God is telling your wife. You don't know what he's speaking to her or him. You got, you don't know what is right around the corner for your marriage. You maybe, maybe God lulls to prepare an opportunity for your marriage that you never would have had before. The lulls in the situation with the children of Israel made it possible for them to finish their journey. How many people that you know have given up their journey just because it got too hard? I know lots of people. I know lots of people that have set out, you know, it's really easy to set out. Like where you get so excited and you're like, oh, we're going, we're going to the Canaan. We're going to the promised land. It's flowing with milk and honey. This is so awesome. Like, like, okay. So you go to a wedding and you see uh, a newly couple married and they're like, you know, so in love and smiling and holding hands and like lovey-dovey and whatever. I mean, it's so fun to start off. It's so fun to get going. Okay. But after a while, there's a little bit of a lull in the marriage, in the relationship, and whatever it is. And sometimes we need that in order to make sure we make it to the finish line. I know there were there have been stops in my ministry. There have been lulls in adopting the kids. There have been lulls in us moving. There has been lulls in progress left and right. But we always somehow, when we respect the lull, would we we respect the stop, when we respect when the cloud descends and tells us to stop, we always seem to make it to our promised land, whatever it is. I want you guys to understand that the lull may be given to you right now in your progress so that you do make it. To your Canaan. Without it, you would exhaust yourself. You would be like one of those people that started off really good, really, really strong, but there wasn't ever a break. There wasn't ever a breath. There wasn't ever respite. And then you see this person burn out. And maybe that's been you. Maybe you've burned out from something that God has asked you to do because you never took a break. You never took a breather. You went 90 miles an hour and you burnt out. Thank the Lord right now for the lull in your progress because it is ensuring that you will make it to your promised land. I'm sure that's one of the things that <laughs> that Moses was telling the nation of Israel. Listen, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. I don't know why the break. I don't know why the stop. I don't know what the Lord's doing on our behalf, but we are headed somewhere and we are going to make it and we're going to trust the timing of the Lord. Okay. My husband came to me, oh gosh, a uh, long time, not a long time ago, but in the, in, in the last few months. And we're praying through something super huge for us and our family. Super, super huge. Big deal. Okay. And they're just, he came to me and he was saying, you know, Autumn, I really think that we need to do X. And I'm like, okay, well, okay, I got it. But I think honestly, if I was to actually like sit back, I wasn't ready for what he was saying. It just wasn't settled in my spirit that we needed to do what he was saying that he wanted to do. And he was asking my advice. And so we're good communicators with each other. We've learned that over 17 years of marriage. 
uh, I told him, I said, I just, I'm just not where you are yet. I'm going to get there. I can see myself heading there, but I'm just not where you are yet. And he thought about it. He processed it. And he's like, you're right. I think you're right. I think we need to respect this lull. So we live this as well. It's crazy that I felt that way and that he agreed because just literally a couple months later, God gave us an opportunity where we saw exactly why God had put a pause in my spirit about the situation. And if we would have moved forward, I don't know what would have happened. It would have been harder, probably would have taken longer, but we didn't. We respected and we relied on the wisdom of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I'm telling you what, I'm grateful that we did. So today I want you to turn whatever weight is you have, whatever frustration is you have with your lull and your progress, whatever. I want you to turn it over the Lord. And I want you to start saying to the Lord, Lord, thank you. Because I know you're doing something that I might not ever know and I might not ever understand, but I'm going to trust you with this lull because I believe it's for my, the betterment of my situation, whatever that is. I hope this encouraged you guys today. I know it did me. I love y'all. I love y'all. I want to make this podcast as practical as possible. We all struggle with this kind of stuff, which is why I'm constantly talking about things that I know that normal people struggle with on a regular basis. So I hope this encourages you. Take a minute right now and thank God for the lull in your progress because he is up to something. You know he is. The Israelites eventually made it there. Uh, I'll see you right back after the break for a question from one of you. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply. But God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of his reach to use and redeem all things for his purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab, the biblical harlot, and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse, and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get your copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okie dokie, guys. Here I am back from the break. I have a question from one of you. This question comes from Michelle. Hey, girl. Hey, what's up? Um, This is the question. I feel very defeated and far from God in my current situation. How do you get back into trusting God and knowing he is with you even when it feels the opposite? Okay. I, when they read me this question, I absolutely loved it. Michelle, thank you so much for reading this. I want to focus on the second piece of this question. How do you get back into trusting God and knowing he is with you, even when it feels the opposite? Let me tell you one of the wiles and the tricks of the enemy. He 
The enemy wants to tell you God has forsaken you. He wants to tell you that. Okay. He wants to tell you, you are completely and utterly alone and nobody cares and no one's going to listen and no one could possibly understand. He wants to tell you that and he will. And if you listen to that, you are going to find yourself in a situation mentally where you actually accept the bombardment of those lies in your mind. There is the enemy that wants to contradict truth to get you far from God. He does not want you to have an intimate relationship with the father. He does not want that. His job is to make sure that doesn't happen. Okay. So I say all that to say this, what does the word say? Sometimes I feel like I have said this so much lately, but I'm really passionate about it. Sometimes lies are so much easier to believe than truth. This goes back to like childlike faith. Okay. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It does not say you're going to feel like I'm with you 1000% of the time, every moment of every day, you're going to feel like I am right. It doesn't say you're going to feel like I'm with you. It says, I will never leave you nor will I forsake you. Okay. That is truth. Anything in your mind that contradicts that is not truth. Sometimes truth has to be what we build on. Truth has to be good enough without the emotional attachment. Truth has to be good enough without the feeling. So even though the truth is unbelievable to you at this moment, it is foundational for you to get back to a place where you understand that God is with you. You can trust him and he is working something out for you. The second thing I would say is this, get in the word. I'm, I'm also going to tell you this. I turn on worship music and I haven't been listening to a lot of worship music lately just because we've been traveling or whatever. And the other day I just turned it on and I got my favorites that I go to and I was like blaring it in my car. Like I'm a blare. I'm a music. I love music. I'm a music blare. I love all genres of music. I can find a good beat in every, any genre, you guys. Like I love my, my kids know everyone <laughs> since probably the, the, the fifties in music that there was out there. We listen to music all the time, but I hadn't had a chance to listen to worship lately. And I turned on my worship music and I'm telling you what, it connected me to the Lord in such a powerful way a couple of days ago. Get in the word, of course, remind yourself of the truth. Talk to God in an actual authentic way, not in a really packaged fake way. Tell him you don't trust him right now. Tell him, you know what? He can take it. He can take it. Okay. Tell him you're, you're struggling. Tell him you feel forsaken. I've prayed prayers like that before. And then let his spirit encourage you and then turn on that worship music girl and see what God does in your heart through that. And that, you know, that's not going to fix all your problems, but I'm telling you what, it'll get your soul set in a place where it can believe again. I hope this encouraged you, Michelle. God bless you. Thank you for writing in this question. I just, I love, I love y'all. And I love that you trust me enough to answer these questions for you. So catch me next week, right back here for another episode of the Autumn Mile Show. Love you guys. See you then. 
Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show. Thank <laughs> you.